Hello and welcome to the 20th podcast of Edition VFO. My name is David Kellett and I will be speaking to Dan Walsh today. Dan Walsh is here in our premises visiting from New York. The artist whose practice spans painting, printmaking and bookmaking conceived two new woodcuts for our current exhibition titled From Object to Ornament. Moreover, we are happy to feature in this current exhibition eight of Walsh's handmade artist books. Today we will talk about the artist's genre-spanning practice, as well as his interest in how form and color relate to each other. Hello Dan. How important is printmaking and bookmaking for your practice as a painter? And how do these different media inform each other? Well, the printmaking, it allows me to do other forms besides the painting is, is so more refined. The printmaking is a, a one-shot and there's a lot of materials and techniques that get in the way of the image. It makes its own journey. The bookmaking, that's a whole nother story. I've, I've done like 45 books or something. Early on, I did it as a form of, uh, of reproducing my work, reproduction. But now it's any, anything goes, it could be any uh, medium, any uh, subject, but, um, but it is visual. There's, there's no, rarely is the, does the book have any text or something like that. It's all visual stories. Rather than inform the painting, I would say it allows me different venues of thought and different ways of approaching things that doesn't hamper the painting and the pure pursuit of painting itself. It allows me to get some ideas out that don't apply to the painting proper. And you were saying that you used bookmaking as a reproduction. Can you tell us more like how you started with the bookmaking practice and what reproduction means in that sense? In, in my case, years ago, I was making these yellow or black line paintings on white grounds. And when I was doing a show in uh, Cologne, And I was complaining to a curator who was also had a fledgling publishing house, JRP. I was saying that, you know, I, the laminated paper was always whiter than my painting. And that really bugged me in the, in the reproductions. So the early reproductions, we would bleed out to the edge of the page and, and photograph the floor to give it some more context. Otherwise, it'd be white. It'd be off-white because of the photograph and then white laminate paper. And I was complaining to this guy, in this case it's Christophe Charisse, saying that I'm thinking of doing tip-ins, you know, the classic old-fashioned tip-in photos mm -hmm. on an off-white paper. That would be more realistic. Then I said, well, I'm thinking about maybe making miniatures, paintings in the, on off-white paper. And I'm just going to make a, uh, my own catalog. And he said, I'll publish that book if you make it. So um, the architectural lines in the JRP book lent itself to my paintings at the time. I was doing black line paintings anyway. It wasn't a big jump to go from uh, architectural lines in the JRP book. And then I painted the paintings in situations in the architecture architectural lines but it wasn't a, a big jump from there to from my paintings to there but the paintings but, 
in the books were, were done by hand. Yeah, and therefore original. It was the first book I ever did, but I, I did an edition of 52. So I started to divide them up into like groups of 10. 10 of the books had the same painting in different situations throughout the book. It was the same painting I came up with. And other ones were different scale, like small, and other ones were big. And uh, by the end, my, my arm was uh, not functioning. I, I had worked on it for so long. Could you tell us a bit more, for example, about the Copper Book? Because this is a work which is, uh, when people are here in the show and they are seeing it, it's quite a special uh, book, very delicate also. Copper is also a material which is often used for printmaking, also for building. Yeah. I was standing at a party one time and I was talking with Talba Auerbach. And we are both avid bookmakers and admire each other's work. I, I assume she still admires mine. But we were saying, we we're both going to have tables next to each other at the, she's on the board at the uh, New York Art Book Fair, or was. And so I knew she could arrange us to have side-by-side -side tables. But we said, we, we should make some books that are, that are $400 or less which is unusual for me, maybe not her, but for me. So I was trying to think, not outside the box, but I, I wanted to do four books. I had about a half a year to do four books. And at the time, I was renovating my house in Long Island, and I was stumbling upon all this material. And one was these copper rolls, and they're about nine, ten inches wide, and they're One puts them between the cinder block foundation and the wood frame of a house because the termites hate copper for some reason. And um, so it's just a layer you put on. And I'm looking at this stuff, which I used on the house, and I'm looking at it saying, you know, this could be, this is beautiful. First, first of all, it's gorgeous stuff. Once you get outside of paper, all of a sudden binding becomes an issue, you know, and, and the copper was kind of crunchy, but it was so beautiful. I didn't really know what to do with it. And some people, my stoner friend was saying, oh, just leave it blank and let the, let the oil from the hands oxidize over time. That would be interesting. And I was just like, no. But in the end, I, on the left side of, there were 12 open passages, 12, as you open the book, you had 12 takes on it. And on the left, I put a line, and then a triangle, then a square, and then a pentagon, and then a hexagon, and then a, a septagon, or whatever they're called, an octagon, all the way up to a 12-sided polygon, whatever the hell it's called. So that was incised, incised with a bone, uh, like a plastic uh, pen. And then I didn't know what to do on the right side, and, and it dawned on me about three, four months later, it was just sitting there with the left side finished, because there were 12 to do the signs of, of the astrological signs. Uh -huh, okay. So one thing that needs to be noted is that I punched out, and used a nail punch and punched out large and small holes relating to the stars in the sky. If it was a big star, I'd get a larger punch. And then I incised the lines. I drew the incised lines to connect, to make up the astrological sign. 
And if we would go to prints that you conceived for us, for example, uh, the, the woodcut with the 14 colors, how do you approach such a project or can you tell us a bit about, about the print? I did a series of ink drawings on paper for Gallery Judy last summer. One of the techniques I use is uh, to dip the brush I guess people consider me a technical virtuoso, but to dip the brush into the ink and start painting a, a passage and not dip the brush again. So I make, in this case, I made seven lines. And as I moved up the, up the sheet of paper on one side, it got thinner and thinner. And by the end, it was very thin. Mm -hmm. And then I dipped again and did the other side. Mm -hmm. And it was curved on the inside that made these uh, succession of, um, of like arrowheads mm -hmm. moving up. And so I thought that that was a strong, good image. So I started from that point in the, in the shape of the brush strokes. And then I used a steel brush to roughen it up to give it some uh, texture. But uh, the one big change is that the left side is a gradation of color from dark blue to light yellow mm -hmm. at the top. And the right side is the, is the grayscale still, from dark, not black black, but dark gray to very light gray. It's, it's fed directly from that ink drawing. Okay. But the second print, as any printmaker will tell you, if you've got a good block or a good screen, you want to recycle it, you want to get more out of it. So by the time we were finishing up the first print, we were already talking about a, a second print. It was just a matter of reconfiguring the blocks. So one night when I was here in Zurich, I came up with this idea of cutting the blocks down and making where the first print is more like a field. Mm -hmm. And the second print is more, we uh, cut the blocks down and rotated them to make more of a mound of, of color, a, like a old fashioned beehive kind of shape. Mm -hmm. And so that was much more, um, more of an object and can you tell us a bit more about your painting practice? You just published a new monograph with uh, JRP about the process of painting, it's called. Can you tell us a bit about uh, what this book is about, how you approach painting and what people can expect to see there? Ever since we started to have iPhones, I, I would take, any sane artist would take photographs of what they think of, of, is an interesting stage of a painting because they want to remember or they have an idea. They have an idea of a, of a color combination or a certain, a certain look of a painting. But about five, six years ago, I started to take photographs with my phone of the stages of my paintings. And I, always, I, I just use it as, as, a, as a guide for me, but also to show people what I've been working on. And I would say, well, this is the first stage, this is the second stage, third, fourth. And people would be like, wow, that's, that's really interesting, or you should have stopped there. And so it got me thinking, actually, Elspeth Chudy had an idea about five years ago, just before the pandemic, is to make a film about me making a painting and show the different stages of the painting. So therefore, it'd be a film over a few a month or two. 
and it, it kind of got stopped in its tracks because of the uh, COVID. That's when the idea was hatched to say, to make a book instead of a, a film, to make a book about the stages of my painting. And Bob Nickus was also in agreement. He was looking at the stages of my painting and said, you could make a book about this. And he wrote in the essay that this, there is a precedent for this back in the 50s and 60s in Art in America or Art News or something that they would say, de Kooning makes a painting. And they show all the different stages. I guess they left a camera there in front of, in front of his painting over a month or two and showed all the developments. So it was all, there was already a precedent there. The stages, as I kept photographing and photographing the paintings from 2015 to 2022 or three, I started to take photographs only when they were at a, a, a good state. So in theory, the painting could have been finished at every state and could have been good enough to be called finished. So that was a pride thing, but also it, it just made sense to me. We had 16 paintings at one time, but it's now the, the final iteration was 12 paintings. And the average from five to eight or nine phases of each. And then the last, after you look at those nine in a little bit smaller format, we have the, the official photograph at the end of each mini story. When we're talking about stages, is it different to work in, in stages, for example, in printmaking? Like I said, printmaking, the vehicle is so unpredictable, you don't know what you're going to get. So the stages are a little bit harder to manage, but I always think of painting in stages, printing in stages. And how important are also materials for you? I mean, we were talking woodcuts. Uh, you have done, for example, the copper book. There are certain materials that are involved in printmaking, but you also do work in wood, for example. It's just a, a variety of approaches. I mean, there's certain things that don't belong to painting. Painting is a, a pure pursuit. So if I want to make some kind of commentary about something else or... Uh, I'll, I'll make a wood relief or I'll do a sculpture, I'll curate a show or make a book or whatever. When I was reading about your work, there was always a lot of talk by people about the ways of seeing and that you have to see and to look again to, to see how the forms develop, how the whites develop, how the colors develop. And so for me, there is just a question how important or Where do you get your inspiration for forms or how do you approach different forms? And how important is for you, let's say, the optical perspective of the people who, who look at the paintings because they develop over time. I've allowed myself to get involved with more uh, complicated compositional things, but I'm programmatic in my approach of putting things together. But it's more like, it's more like Middle Eastern tiles. I codified the brush stroke. It's kind of like an archwager thing. And because I, I don't believe in anything new, it's handling that in a complex way. But I also liken my work to mandalas, something that a, a student would study to gain access to God or whatever. And that would 
invite symmetry or partial symmetry. With that said, yes, it is going to work on many levels and going to take some time to get to. If you think back of my trajectory, mm -hmm. my early work is so basic and simple. And now I've gotten to be so much more complicated. It's funny. It's, uh, I don't know. It started out more whitish, very white. <laughs> yeah. And, and direct. I used to joke it was Philip Guston paints St. Agnes Martin. Yes. And um, I couldn't act dumb with a brush when I was getting better and better with the brush. It's just, I don't know. It just gets more uh, complicated. And I have to entertain myself too. It may be meditative for the viewer, but it's also meditative for me. You know, I need to be entertained also. So I, I need to make something I want to look at. I'm not just going to make it for the viewer or... So I, that's why uh, people call me a magician with the brush and, and all this stuff. It's a, I want to be challenged too. So I want to be challenged myself every day too, you know? Thank you, Dan, and thank you all for joining us today. For more information on Dan Walsh's two new works or our current exhibition from object to ornament, please visit our website vfo.ch. The first part of the exhibition is on show through May 27th to 23. We'll be happy to welcome you in our premises and if you tune into our next podcast. Thank you.